Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio, Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. Today, we are going to talk about nasal oral sanitation that may just could have been the silver bullet of the 2020 COVID pandemic. We learned too late, I'm afraid, just how uninformed the American medical community was specifically about the importance of nasal oral sanitation in the treatment of upper airway diseases like COVID. No public health authorities or ENT societies and boards of otolaryngology made any recommendations throughout the pandemic about understood science surrounding nasal and oral sanitation. Throughout 2021 through 22, I had to teach people how to make DIY 1% iodine. But during 2022, I had to bring a child to a local ENT. I warned my 32-year-old daughter that I was going to have to confront some things with her doctor after he checked her out. Nurse Michelle was just being true to myself and my mission to ask hard questions of our local doctors, as I hope all of you will as well. Here were the hard questions I asked the only ENT in my community. One, I wanted to know, was he recommending nasal and oral sanitation for his patients in my community? He said, of course not. He reinforced to me how there was no published data proving the efficacy of utilizing nasal and oral sanitation in the mitigation of COVID. I asked him, isn't COVID a coronavirus and have you not been treating patients with coronavirus for all of your career? His answer was yes. I asked him, do you not use nasal and oral sanitation utilizing iodine, hydrogen peroxide, and even 1% Johnson's baby shampoo preoperatively, postoperatively, and therapeutically throughout your practice? My daughter and doctor were both squirming at this point. And why is that? Because confronting is uncomfortable, but we must be doing it. The NT responded to me and he said, yes, I've been using nasal oral sanitation throughout my career, to which I replied. So then you do know from experience that nasal and oral sanitation is effective at mitigating bacteria and viruses in the nasal pharynx. So why would you not have been promoting it in our community? Aren't you the specialists that know that colds and flus and coronaviruses replicate on the mucus lining of our nasal pharynx? He didn't have an answer, but he wanted to assure me that there were no recommendations from the ENT or otolaryngology boards to have ENT doctors share their knowledge with the world and potentially reduce hospitalizations in their community. But thankfully, a few brave leaders in this field knew about the pre-pandemic published data on the therapeutic benefits of nasopharyngeal sanitation, just as I'm sure my ENT and my community did as well. The few brave 
developed iodine-based products early in the pandemic. One of those companies was Hylodyne. They created a 1.25% iodine-based nasal spray early in 2020. They made honest claims that were based on in vitro data. Paladine was providing free products to American essential workers to help them with a pandemic solution. But it wasn't long before Haladine received an FDA warning letter shutting their business down and ending the help that they were providing to the American people. What were they guilty of? The FDA considers it a new drug category if you make a medical claim that iodine might just kill COVID on contact within seconds, which it does. And the FDA was not going to tolerate or permit that. Of course, we would learn that the FDA also wasn't going to have anything to do with long-standing old drugs being repurposed with claims that something besides a new vaccine might just help COVID as well. I mean, who do these intelligent specialists think they are trying to use their years of experience to create a solution? It's not like we were in a worldwide scary pandemic or anything serious like that, FTA. Smart people trying to consider everything possible that might help would seem like a good thing, you know? Well, thankfully, a few brave individuals in our society had the scientific knowledge about the benefits of iodine, slowing and stopping replication of this pandemic virus. But they were going to have to find more creative ways to get help to the people. Today, I'm honored to have with me as a guest on Nurses Out Loud, Stan Leck a 35-year veteran of the consumer products industry, a degreed formulation chemist who worked his way up in 25 years to lead the consumer healthcare as global VP of R&D with GlaxoSmithKline. He has a broad background in general medicine, pharmacy, and engineering, and also a global expert in oral and respiratory health. Stan left GSK because he became disillusioned by large companies and their practices and wanted to help people. He wanted to find ways to reduce the steroid burden in society, providing natural solutions to allergies that work as well as antihistamines. You can see my show notes to read more of his accomplishments in this area. But in January 2021, Stan founded the company Immunist LLC to provide the American people with 1% iodine nasal and oral cleansing products. With his experience in the industry, he knew it was imperative to create a product in the cosmetic category as a cleanse and to make no medical claims surrounding the product. With that choice, this brave man has been able to help thousands of people with more than 15 million doses delivered to people's noses with proven effective 1% iodine nasal and oral cleansing solutions. The FLCC doctors, Dr. Paul Merritt and Dr. Pierre Corey started endorsing Immune Mist in July of 2021. And I am happy to have him here with us today to teach us through his knowledge about the therapeutic benefits of nasal and oral sanitation. And I am looking forward to this. So thank you for being here with us, Stan, today. I appreciate you coming. Thank you very much, Michelle. The first thing I wanted to talk to you about is just discussing the science of the nasopharynx and what actually happens in this area of our nose and our um, oral cavity and that deeper part going down the throat 
that we've maybe known about for some time that going into this pandemic, people like yourself knew about in advance. So what happens in this area of our bodies? Well, you know, the nose and the mouth are the entry port into our bodies. Uh, And we breathe about 20,000 gallons of air a day. That's about 70,000 liters. So that's pretty much the size of a nice, fairly sized uh, swimming pool that you'd have at your house. And we breathe that in all the time. And so we're constantly sampling air, if you think about it. Um, And uh, our nasal lining is protected with mucus that we produce. Uh, And also what we're trying to do here is that mucus in the nose uh, basically sweeps itself back about every 15, 20 minutes. That's called uh, mucociliary clearance. To help the fluid go back from your tip of your nose to the back of your throat and ultimately to your stomach, um, you have little cilia hairs. They're little hairs that move that fluid and move that mucus along. It's really kind of like a a house cleaning or cleaning wave that occurs in your nose. Similar things happen in the respiratory tract, in the upper respiratory tract in the lungs, where they sweep the mucus, you know, because you're breathing stuff in, it's going in. You basically sweep it out and it sweeps it again into your stomach. So we have this really great system uh, of protecting the mucus lining uh, because, you know, it's really at the mucus lining in the nose and the throat where airborne pathogens are inhaled and ultimately uh, can incubate, basically they infect the cells of the throat and the nose and replicate uh, pretty rapidly. And that's when we get this high viral load and that high viral load leads to illness very much, you know, usually, uh, particularly for common colds, coronavirus. And in COVID, you know, very interesting is that some people feel the infection, others don't. So this is what the asymptomatic uh, issue going on there. But keeping this, your nose clean is really important. Um, and then the other thing to think about it is why it's important to clean your nose and also your back of your throat. You can almost look at it from the perspective of you're inhaling mostly through your nose, you're collecting the bugs, uh, they go through the throat, and then once you get infected, what happens? You cough. So the nose is really the entry point. And the mouth is the exit point for transmission to get others sick. So that's really important to treat both the nose and the throat, you know, uh, regularly to clean it. But also if you get ill, to also flush out the virus. Oh, yeah. Okay. So something else we all learned about through this last three years is the the word replication. You You touched on that a bit. So tell us a little bit more about what is the viral replication that is actually happening in those areas. You, you just right. touched on it, but a little bit more for us. Yeah. So virus particles, they literally are particles. They're called virons. They are not alive. They're not living things, uh, funny enough, right? Um, and they can't move on themselves. They, they, they can't propel themselves through your body. They have to basically either move by what we call Brownian movement, which is basically they, everything particle in the world vibrates. And when they vibrate, they can vibrate from the top of the mucus once they're inhaled. And they vibrate through the mucus, ultimately finding the nasal lining where they can then dock, look at docking attachment. And then they basically infuse the cells, your, your healthy cells in your throat and nose with the virus itself. And so in a way, your cells act like a womb <laughs> for these viruses to hatch. Uh, and they, one virus, you know, once it goes into a cell and replicates, can hatch tens of thousands, if not millions of viruses within a small period of time. So, so the virus has to get to the, from the mucus to the nasal lining 
or the throat lining, anywhere for particularly for COVID, um, you would have the ACE2 receptor. And this is a, a receptor that's on the side of the mu mucous membranes where it allows the virus to dock and then inject its RNA and then ultimately replicate and produce. So think about the viron particle as uh, you know, kind of exploring the upper respiratory tract until it finds this ACE2 receptor, it, it, it infuses with the cell, it embeds the RNA, and then your cells become a factory for making more virus. And it's, it's when you get into the tens of thousands and millions of viruses per milliliter of liquid in your, you know, your, your saliva, that's when you start to get infected. And that's going to be the upper respiratory part, right? Now, viruses are very funny. Um, even other, other common cold viruses and so on, they can go by the movement we just talked about, or sometimes they actually hitchhike on other bacteria because we have bacteria in our respiratory tract. And these things are moving all the time. From the top layer of mucus to the lower to the, you know the rest to the lining, and sometimes the viruses just attach themselves to the to the bacteria, and that basically hitchhikes them to your tissue where they you know can can replicate. So it's really amazing. Now, you know we talked during the period of time with COVID, we talked about you know high transmission rate, high infectivity, and 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 how does that relate to the the kind of the variant changes. What, what's happening to the virus is that you, the proteins on the virus, you know, they're all made of a protein envelope. And as we know, it has some kind of biological basis. But when these proteins change, their surface charge can change. So imagine if you had, you know, two magnets. I think as a kid, we all played this, right? You took a magnet north to north and they repel each other. Then you do south to north and it, boom, right? Well, imagine these proteins changing um, over the evolution and becoming more sticky, more sticky to the tissue. So this is why we're seeing likely higher infectivity rates and transmission rates on some of these variants, because as these protein changes, that repulsion or attraction is being changed. And the repulsion and attraction we're talking about here is the virus and, and how it attracts to the ACE2 receptor. So these protein changes have a big effect on uh, affinity for the uh, ACE2 receptor. That's why we're seeing these differences. Okay, how long how long have people known about this? I mean, is this ENT long time science that predated COVID long you know a decade longer before? Yeah, it's uh, it's sad to say, but when 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 this hit, when COVID hit, it's like everybody forgot basic medicine and science, either either through in my mind, either through suppression or misinformation or just you know being shut up about any other treatment other than what was being provided. And we know what that was, right? Right. So, you know, you talk to ENTs and they said, hey, look, I've been using, you know, uh, disinfectants in the nose, in the throat, you know, pre and post surgery, even base skull surgery. They use povidone iodine, which is probably the best. And, um, you know, they knew about it, but the message was not getting out for some reason. Uh, it's just amazing. And, you know, the other thing is it, there was a lot of hysteria in the beginning about this uh, virus and people were afraid that it was, you know, on your hands or it's on surfaces and so on. It was always an airborne virus. I mean, so so for people to not even to talk about that in the beginning is very suspicious, right? Yeah. You know, respiratory viruses are 99% airborne. Now, GI viruses are different. They, they're mostly hand to mouth and so on. So why did it didn't figure out it's airborne to begin with in the very beginning? I don't know. Um, but I knew, we certainly knew.
Yeah, that was certainly a mystery that went down. That was um, something none of us really knew what to do because we, they were using the word coronavirus and the word coronavirus has been around for a while. A lot has been known about it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for going into that for us. Okay, so what are some options for us out there for doing good nasopharyngeal sanitation? That's a big word. A lot of people that are not in the medical community, they may not recognize that phrase. I'm even a nurse, and I can say for a fact that nurses aren't taught that in nursing school about how to clean the nasopharynx. So let's uh, we, let's review what it, the nasopharynx is and where and where it, it addresses in our body, and what we can actually do to cleanse that area and get it free of these pathogens. Yeah, that's uh, good. The, you know, nasopharyngeal uh, region is pretty much anywhere from the, the nose all the way down to soft palate, and then t- basically to the back of the throat, just below where your tongue kind of you know, ends, where you can see it end. Mm-hmm. That's the nasopharyngeal area. That really is the area where uh, you get first uh, sign of infection. You know, we've all had the tickly throat and the itch- itchy throat, itchy uh, nose and so on. So this is a really important area to, to keep clean. And it's basically that. If you miss that, the chances are, you know, you will have uh, some potentially complications later because you will aspirate that virus into your upper respiratory tract and that leads into the lungs. And then, you know, people can end up with a, a true upper respiratory infection that goes beyond the nasal pharyngeal area. So what has been used to clean that? You know, uh, I've been in healthcare almost 40 years. And I've worked on Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicines and other things. And, you know, the the East really have understood that the importance for health is to clean the nose and clean the throat and, you know, with salt water and so on. So the neti pots, you know, were big things, right? Um, So the things that have probably been used the most over the last 20 years in in, in cleaning that area is uh, hypertonic saline. So salt water that's similar to you know, that of a, of the sea or the ocean, it's about two, two and a half, three percent uh, salt. Uh, that's very good. And as a matter of fact, there are studies to show that, uh, you know, if you can't use other things, use hypertonic saline as a, as an irrigation and as a gargle. And that really does stunt the virus. Um, has been shown in one study in Scotland to be very effective at, uh, at reducing and or reduce, reducing the transmission and reducing symptoms of, uh, of upper respiratory infection. That only, not only for COVID, but, but there are numerous studies to show how doing that procedure also reduces cold and other upper respiratory virus. So it's a great practice to have. Um, there is probably, you know, people mixing up other things like peroxide and, and, and squirting that up the nose or gargling. I personally use peroxide orally I think it's great for your three you percent. Know, so it's really good, you know, occasionally to use for your teeth. It keeps them a bit whiter. Also, really good for flushing your gums. Right, peroxide is very, very good. Um, the the problem with some dilute, well, the problem with the three percent, if you use it intranasally, it will it will burn and will likely damage tissue. Okay, so I wouldn't recommend the three percent for uh, the nose, and it, and peroxide gets deactivated very quick. So the issue I have with peroxide is probably good orally probably not good intranasally uh, because it just rapidly breaks down and probably doesn't work so well. That would be my, my, my view on that. Um, and then you go into what I would call the, the really great uh, ingredients for nasal disinfection, cleaning, oral disinfection. Although for the oral disinfection, I'll come on to that, why it may not be the best. Uh, but certainly for nasal, povidone iodine has been used you know, in the nose, 
on wounds in surgical sites. You know, in the it's used in the eye at at five percent solution to sterilize the eye before cataract surgery and, and other surgery. So super safe for decades. Um, it can be used for many, many months, at, you know, at a time. And we, the research shows that if you use 1% uh, povidone iodine solution uh, and you could spray it up your nose very safely, uh, it, the in vitro studies show it kills the COVID virus within seconds. Like, you know, it's almost immeasurably fast. Um, and then there are a lot of studies now, about 20 studies that are on um, the uh, the this uh, this kind of web website um, that is really a collection of all the studies that have been done on many many drugs for COVID. Uh, those twenty studies show uh, conclusively that this reduces hospitalization if you use it uh, early, and it can actually re reduce uh, death. and And some of the numbers are like eighty five percent reduction in in hospitalization if you use it early and 88% reduction in death. And I think Dr. Yeah, Dr. McCulloch actually talked about that study. That's a Chowdhury study that was done in Bangladesh. Well done, well done study. So I think now we have proof povidone iodine works extremely well. Um, and, you know, it's probably the fastest of, of anything that, I, that I'm aware of and, and probably the safest as well. Now, the beauty of the Immunist product is that it does have a 1% iodine nasal cleanse and a 1% iodine oral cleanse as well. So that yes. is a dual system that has been yep. wonderful. So yes, you could use the hydrogen peroxide as a swish in your mouth, but you also yep. have the benefit of the spray that y'all have created. That's right. That yep. can go in the throat. So um, tell us a little yep. bit about how people do utilize that. Yeah. So the, the thinking we talked about before is, you know, the entrance and the exit, right? The entrance is the nose, the exit is the mouth. So what, what we wanted to bring here was a very highly effective solution, which is the povidone iodine as a cleansing, uh, product. And uh, the the containers are small, they're easy to use, and you, they're portable. So, you know, one of the biggest issues that people go out and about, they're exposed, they're in the airport, or they're on a plane, or they're in a train station or a crowded bus, you know, and it's nice to know that you can kind of clean yourself before you're going to home to see your loved ones, you know, because that's what happens, you know, people catch it outside somewhere, they go home, it incubates for a couple of days in their nose. It's over the weekend. And by the time you know it, they've now spread it to their entire family. You know, most of the infections are occurring at home, actually. But I believe, you know, meaning that around the population of the, of the family. But the actual initial infection, uh, you know, it can happen outside as well as at home. So uh, that's why we try to keep it very portable. So you basically put anywhere from one to three sprays of the immune mist in each nostril. Um, and then you will take the spray and spray three sprays to the back of the throat, kind of swish it around your mouth and tongue. And if you have anything left, you can spit it out. You know? Okay. So that's what some people do ask is, can this be, just be swallowed? Because it essentially is a nutritional component. I mean, iodine is something we need in our diet. What about the swallowing of that? Yeah. It, you know, if you swallow a little bit or, you know, you forget, that's fine. Our, our best, uh, you know, you, you depends on your diet. Some people get a lot of iodine in the diet others don't you know my recommendation would be that you know the nose you really can't do much with it you have to spray the nose and it has to go down uh but for the mouth what i what i'd like to do is to get it spread around the back of the throat to the front of the uh, mouth around the tongue and then the, my typical view is you know, spit it out only because you know you don't want to ingest so much iodine and and depending on how you're using the product you know 
uh, if you're using it, you know, occasionally, that's great. If, if you're trying to use it every day because you're, you're, uh, you know, a nurse, a doctor, or someone that's exposed all the time, there I would say, you know, it's best to spit it out because you never want to take in too much iodine anyway. Okay. And yeah, there are people out there that do have the thyroid disorders and their endocrinologists may be telling them if you're hyper hypothyroid, not to take the iodine products. And that will bring us to another topic we'll talk about in a minute. There are some other solutions that are out there right. for you. But you've already discussed with us the benefit of the hydrogen peroxide. It's just much more abrasive on the nose. It's more drying to the nasal, yeah. parents, the nasal part. Yeah. So yeah. The, the recipes that I've shared with a lot of nurse uh, patients over the last couple of years is the 1% hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. So even if you were to go down to 1% hydrogen peroxide comparatively, you're getting a similar kill rate. We can discuss kill rates in just a moment. Yeah. But is it similar to iodine's killability? Um. So this is uh, data that's been published by a number of people, and we've done studies ourselves too. Um, the, uh, the the most potent of, of, of anything is povidone iodine by a factor of 100. It's just, just so fast. And, and the reason is it, it works on denaturing the proteins in the virus, right? Very rapidly, penetrates extremely rapidly. Then you're, you're kind of in the camp of peroxide and alcohol right? Um, alcohol, you really can't put up your nose, you know, it burns. So there really isn't an effective uh, solution for, you know, now not nozin is a, I think it's called nozin. It's, it's nozin. A, it's a, mm -hmm. nozin, yeah, nozin. It's a, it's basically a, you know, swab that you put around your nose. It's alcohol. But if you read the instructions, it tells you only put it around the rim of the nose. The rim of the nose is very contaminated for sure, but really what you want to clean is in the nasal cavity. So you're not really, you know, getting there in my mind with, with, the, with, the, with the nose and product. It's just not, it's not thorough enough. I'm afraid I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, that so, was the product that my daughter who uh, works in the hospital, um, are, that's what they're giving them is the nose and product just to put in their yeah. nose. But she already has the immune mist iodine products that she uses before yeah. she goes to work. There's also yeah. another company that's come out with a product that's um, that uses nitrous oxide, Fabi Spray, and Inovid. What do you know about the nitrous oxide? And let's just discuss that. The nitric, yeah. Nitric oxide. Okay. Nitric, yeah, yeah. So you know, we in our in our uh, parasinuses and and in our in our uh, biology of our respiratory tract, we have cells that that make small amounts of nitric oxide. Um, and, and nitric, it's, it's a few, like a hundred, maybe a hundred parts per billion. It's a very small amount, but the reason your, your respiratory tract remains somewhat sterilized is due to the formation of nitric oxide that's naturally produced in your sinuses and in your, uh, in your chest. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been studies, there's one study that shows that if you have chronic sinusitis or infections in your sinus, you should hum like 20 minutes a day. What that does is it moves the nitric oxide gas around your sinuses and it helps to sterilize your sinuses. There was an actual study on humming and the benefits of it and, and the link to nitric oxide. So one thing about nitric oxide though, it's not fast. It doesn't kill instantly. It takes a while. And if you can set up your system where you're actually generating low levels of nitric oxide over time, you will have a healthier sinus and you'll have, you know, you'll kill the pathogens. But in my view, you know, nitric oxide um, is, is very safe, but it, it's very slow at killing things. And I think the data on that one product, if I reviewed it correctly, 
they show some, you know, very high kill numbers, 99%, whatever it may be. However, it took them like five minutes to get there. So, you know, again, you're comparing, you know, something that kills instantly to something that's five minutes. Um, and you really don't have a lot of time when the virus gets here, you know, and it kind of gets stuck in your mucous membranes. You want it, you want to kill it. <laughs> And right. We're dealing with a pandemic virus. Certainly we yeah. were more afraid. There's people who yeah. are vulnerable, the vulnerable populations out there. Yeah. I've tried to get the word out that keeping the iodine product in your home and be ready for any kind of yeah. sign of respiratory infection, you would yeah. need to do that. Or if you're going to a large crowd, you know, you're going to be in a, yeah. group, a group of people, go ahead and prophylactically put it in yeah. your mouth before you go and do it again when you come home. Is that something you would also? Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I think Dr. Peter McCulloch actually talked about that one of his Joe Rogan um, podcasts. He said, hey, look, you know, get that iodine back there. You know, if you're in a crowd, you've been a high, high risk or exposure, you know, get get that in there and, and clean it out. The great, the great thing about something that kills rapidly is that even if you miss a day or two, it, it's going to basically do the job. And we know that, you know, infections, once you inhale a particle, it takes about 30, 40, 50 particles you have to inhale from a droplet of infected you know, airborne droplets that are in, in the air that you inhale, they usually contain, you know, um, a dozen or, or 50 vir viron particles. And that's what it takes pretty much to get you infected. But the good part is it may take three days for that thing to really find its way to the uh, nasal lining and, you know, then replicate. So you have a little bit of a window of treatment. And if you have that window of treatment, it's better to have something that's very effective uh, right. because you you know you could treat and say you're exposed on Sunday at a party even if you didn't treat until Monday night or Tuesday chances are you're going to kill everything you know yeah uh, whereas the other products yeah the other products are just too slow and and, and too uh, yeah they're just too slow so okay do you know the timing the so regard coming back to the nose and that's the alcohol prop based product yeah. so it has a kill rate as well on I assume on contact but it's not getting the nasopharynx it's not getting the oral pharynx it's yeah. it does dry the sinuses and the mouth. So tell me about some kill rate associated to nosin that you know of. Yeah, so you know it's an alcohol-based product. It's it's you know it's FDA approved because it's part of the monograph that they have. Um, and uh, for the most part, you know, compared to like seventy percent isopropyl alcohol or ethanol, like the hand sanitizer stuff, um, you it basically takes about five minutes to kill. The viruses the same way that povidone iodine would do in about two seconds. Yeah, and it's, not it's, and it's, the iodine isn't desiccating to to the not desiccating. Yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, and I yeah, that's I mean, it's I alcohol is great for your hands. There's no question because it kills everything. You know, it, 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 but but the problem is you can't get a high enough concentration in your nose to kill anything back here, or certainly in your in your soft palate because you're only treating the rim of your nose with that product. Right. You know, so. Right. Okay. Let me ask you this. Okay. So we've got um, hydrogen peroxide. Do we, do we know the kill rate uh, as a nasal or oral, the timing of that in comparison to iodine? Not really. I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen much, much data on that. Um, it, I mean, I'm sure there is some effort. I'm sure there is some kill rate. There's no question. It will, it will kill something, but will it kill as fast as iodine? Probably, you know, I don't, I don't believe so. I, I don't believe there's anything at the moment that we know of that's better than povidone iodine. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Differences between povidone iodine and Lugol's iodine. Do you um, know the, understand the science behind those two? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lugol's iodine or the uh, tincture of iodine is what we typically use, right? It, it's 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 basically iodine. It's the elemental iodine, like I two, I believe it is, and and that um, is a super effective, and uh, it but it's uh, it's not stabilized. Okay, so meaning that the it will degrade much faster than povidone iodine. So what povidone iodine is, is it takes basically Lugol's. At 10, it takes 10% and adds 90% of a polymer called polyvinyl pyrrolidone. That's what the PVP stands for. The PVP is, uh, is a stabilizing agent for the iodine. And it also kind of sustain releases how much iodine goes into solution. So it actually is a, two mechanisms. It controls the amount of I, free iodine in the solution. Um, and that's why it's more gentle too than, than Lugol's because it's it's only releasing a small amount over a period of time but but it's more than enough to kill anything oh wow that's interesting to know um i do i don't understand i'm assuming that the iodine that's sitting in a lugol's bottle is stable in it sitting in itself but once it starts getting added to other components that's when the destabilization begins right that's right that's correct yeah it's it's a matter of mixing with other things so it doesn't last long uh, it'll be more uh, sensitive to light light degradation um so that's you know that's part of the issue really so just think think about pvp iodine it's just a stabilized iodine and okay. it's only 10 10 iodine and 90 percent this inert polymer okay and what is that polymer that we're talking about here oh uh, yeah polyvinyl pyrrolidone polyvinyl pyrrolidone has been used probably another 50 60 years as well it has some very interesting properties it was originally used as a blood extender on the on the battlefield so it's one of these really unusual polymers super safe and you can basically use it to extend plasma and blood uh so kind of a long chain polymer um, oh, wow. and uh yeah um and you know again as it, it was probably created in germany by basf i believe the first company how um, long ago so yeah how long uh, probably 60 70 years ago that long okay yeah so yeah yeah, it's used in hairspray. So so it's used in hairspray. It's used in, in skin creams. It probably was used uh, in some applications of food at some point. It's used extensively in control release of drugs. So if you're on some type of medication, that's a 12-hour release or all-day kind of release product. A lot of times it contains um, povidone or variations of povidone. Yeah, yeah. It's called povidone. So polyvinyl pyrrolidone also known as PVP, also known as povidone. Many names for it, but all the same thing. Okay, I love this. This is just so much knowledge behind these wonderful products. And what's so amazing is that this knowledge is not new knowledge. This isn't something new that just came out. This is knowledge no. that has been known that the medical community does know about. And for some reason, it hasn't been a major talking point. And for some reason, talking about this is for some reason, censorable material. So we'll talk about that in just a moment as well. It's time in this is World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. 
Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at COFIXRX.com. Well, the OUTLOUD truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I am amazed at how much knowledge, longstanding knowledge there has been about iodine, that it has existed all this time. There's knowledge out there about hydrogen peroxide. There's knowledge out there about um, alcohol, that ENTs and so many other people who are in the science world know about the benefits of these products in the nasal oral cavity as it pertains to upper respiratory infections. So I understand that early on in 2020, when a pandemic is called on America, a lot of brave doctors and people that are out there use that knowledge that they had and they wanted to bring solutions, which is completely expected and reasonable of people who have a mind to do those kind of things. And there's a company that actually did try and get an iodine product out there. Would you like to tell us about that company and what happened? Yeah. So this is kind of you know third hand and some other information I've learned from others. So the product was called Halodyne and the Founders, uh, the people that came up with the idea, they were actually ophthalmologists and there were physicians involved. So they knew, you know, like we knew at Immune Mist, we knew that, you know, povidone was really good. They went up with 1.25% versus one, which is fine. They launched the product. They had a lot of good claims that were based on in vitro data. Um, but I think where what happened there was was early in the pandemic. Uh, and then as I think as a strategy around how they're going to treat COVID from a governmental level started to crystallize around the vaccine, um, a lot of companies that were in that space at that point in time 
absolutely got you know hammered by certain agencies. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, probably the, the 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 issue there was they were pushing um, at the time a strategy around nasal disinfection, and they had some very very strong claims around nasal disinfection and COVID, and and that struck a, a very big uh, problem with with certain agencies in the U.S. And they got received a warning letter. And because it's physician founded, you know, if warning letters against a company and you're a physician, you know, there are certain things that agencies can do to you as a physician, like, you know, take your license or, you know, really make your life a living hell. So the product was withdrawn, although it was a great product from what I can tell. Um, and it was really because of the claims and because of the, uh, the approach they took, which was a very honest approach, but they did run afoul of the of the FDA regulations as a new drug. That was the issue. Um, and you know, in the U.S., just a real quick less lesson on: Are you a drug, or are you a cosmetic, or are, what are you, a medical device? Everything gets down to: A, you have to be safe. B, what claims do you make? If you make cleansing claims, if it's a really a cleanser, like immune mist is a cleanser. Um, your cosmetic product, okay? If you make claims that you're a disinfectant uh, and so on, you then, or, you know, you're killing viruses and so on, 99% kill rate and so on, then you considered a drug. And Halodyne went that route. They went more of, you know, the drug language and drug claims. And that's why they, they ran into issues. Okay, so they were, how long did they probably last before they were taken out? Um, not very long. It was like less than a year. They were. Yeah. They had a campaign. Um, very nice product design. Um, they were giving product away to, you know, bus drivers and people who were service, you know, uh, what called essential workers. You know, so they're doing a really nice job and a really good good stuff to help protect people. But unfortunately, you know, the FDA had other thoughts. Yeah, so these these are wake up calls. I think a lot of American citizens are becoming aware more of what these agencies do do. And you're in the industry, you know about these kind of um, claims that you have to be careful for. So, right. with how long around that time frame would you say before immune mist came on the scene? We were neck and neck, actually. You know, I had been talking to certain people, uh, even even the Halodyne Company, great people actually, and uh, we all saw it about the same time. You know, I had worked at a big company that was a big vac, two very large vaccine companies. So I worked for GSK and I worked for um, Sanofi and actually the, the chairman of GSK, who uh, who I worked underneath in general, was um, uh, the fellow who ran Warp Speed oh. uh, under, President, under President Trump. He was, he was in theory, my, uh, he was the boss of all of R&D and I was the head of innovation at GSK. What was his name again? So I, Dr. Monsef Slawi. Right. Okay. A fellow, you know, a Moroccan fellow, uh, bold, uh, very, very nice man, uh, very, very smart man. And uh, so, you know, uh, I'm saying to myself, how does, how do you give somebody a jab in the arm and how does that create mucosal immunity? I never saw that happening. Mm-hmm. I knew there was going to be a problem. And so I think they also saw the same problem that you can't get mucosal immunity unless you have a mucosal or sorry, nasal vaccine. There's just no way it's going from here to your nose. They're kind of different immunological systems, uh, which some of us understood and others, you know, didn't. 
you know? So it really irritated me when I heard very senior people in the U.S. going, you know, one, you know, a couple shots and you're going to be immune. And you'll be, I said, what a lie. What an absolute lie. So um, because the people who did get the actual infection, they actually had mucosal involvement because they had the virus. They were acquiring yeah. that mucosal immunity, even though it wasn't something that was going to keep you from ever getting it again. It, it made your body be able to recognize, oh, right. I've seen this before. I, I can handle it. I can fight it. Yes. I think, you know, the people that probably made out the best, I, I've had a few friends that got Delta and boy, they suffered. I mean, it was a tough one because it, for some reason that went into your lower respiratory tract, went into your lungs much more than Omicron. I caught Omicron and I, I was sick for 12 hours and I had a fever for, you know, uh, 12 hours and I had a cough that persisted because I was irritated. But for the most part, uh, it was pretty easy for me. And, and even I'm, you know, I've hypertension, a few things that, uh, you know, are, are kind of uh, comorbidities that would be viewed as not good with COVID. But for me, you know, getting the gift of Omicron was good. Yes, it was. You got that immunity in your mucosal lining, got the exposure, yeah. did it yeah. naturally. Okay. So that is, um, so that's something that brings up the persistent cough. A lot of people have actually had a lot of persistent cough mm. after, and the people that do seem to struggle with that I've noticed are not the people who nebulized the people who didn't nebulize with even just basic saline. What do you think about that as far as helping with the irritation of that upper airway? Yeah, that, that kind of saved me because when I got that chronic cough post-viral infection, I was, I literally, I thought I broke my ribs. I mean, I was in such awful pain pulling every muscle in my rib and back and it was a nightmare. Um, and I started to nebulize and uh, that really helped me a lot. I mean, with the cough, especially at night, you know, when you're trying to go to sleep and you kind of get that <laughs> and then you're going to go, and then it continues to roll on. So nebulizing, I think is, is, is a huge help. For cough. Oh yeah. And do you, what do you prefer as far as what has, I think there's a product even coming out with your company. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, we're going to be doing uh, something uh, that is based on a, uh, it's called pure hail platform. And it's a canister that you, you twist and it mists for 90 minutes um, delivering a, a fine mist to your upper respiratory tract. And it'll have a little bit of eucalyptol, uh, you know, some essential oil to it. So it smells really good. But the main thing is that it hydrates and it um, calms the cough because of the kind of the essential oils. So that product saved my life. I would have been, you know, sick for many, many more weeks. So I did have some samples here. So that'll be coming out end of the year under immune mist. So imagine a, a portable sterile canister you twist, it then starts to mist through, through a mask. It goes for 90 minutes. You can turn it off anytime you want. Uh, and then it also has the mask comes off and you can put the mouthpiece in your mouth and you can just, you know, take it to the back of the throat and inhale. The mist is so it kind of cleans, but it also soothes quite well. So um, we're happy that'll that'll come out fourth quarter. And we're talking about a natural product. We're talking about salt water and- Yeah, seawater. That's right. Yeah, seawater and, and eucalyptol. And on that topic of seawater, you have a nasal cleanse that is a seawater, a carbonated seawater. So why don't we talk about that? I'd love the people to hear about that as well. Now we are facing the allergy season and there's a lot of people who suffer with allergies, especially those of in, the, in the South with a lot of the pollen that's going around. And there's just people who have hereditary reasons for why they have allergy issues. And I understand that Immune Miss has come out with a new allergy product. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, I had the privilege over the last maybe 30 years to work on Flonase and many, many products like Claritin and and um, Allegra. And so you know, these are all really highly effective antihistamines uh, and the other one being a steroid. But, you know, consumers are looking, and, and even despite these, these highly effective products, people that have, uh, you know, suffering a lot still have quite a lot of symptoms, right? So people have to find their way to add a layer of products on to get them to a point where they can they can tolerate their allergies. Uh, and it's quite a large population are still unhappy. So we launched Allergy Shield. It works in a very different mechanism, but the best thing about Allergy Shield can be combined with any medication people are currently using. So we're not saying change, you know, don't use your Claritin or Flonase. No, we're saying add Allergy Shield to your existing treatment if you want to, A, help prevent the allergies, nasal allergies from occurring, but also kind of turbocharge or boost the efficacy of your current medicine. How it works is it's a, a little little uh, container that contains a, a cellulose powder that comes from vegetables. And you puff it up your nose and it forms a gel layer. And this gel layer, it basically makes your mucus better at protecting your, your, your mucous membrane and your tissues. So it thickens um, the mucus a little bit and it puts a protective layer in your nasal cavity. And this prevents the pollen and other things from uh, touching your uh, nasal lining and causing, uh, you know, an allergy reaction, which is basically stuffiness and runny nose. Uh, so it's been proven to prevent allergies uh, and it's proven to also help empower your other products that you're using to make make the overall experience better. And you're doing it without medication. This is a non-medication product. That's right. It's, it's a non-drug. Um, can be used uh as, as I believe it's a two years and above. Um, it's super safe and you can use it several times a day. Um, and the great thing I said, you know, it's a safety profile, but also the ability to combine it with what you're taking. And if you have diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever else, you can use this product. It's super safe, uh, even with people with uh, medical conditions. When it comes to when we get these viruses and we get exposed to these things and we're trying to decide what kind of products we're going to do, you had mentioned that, Sometimes there are people, especially those who have slow clearance, to need to do things like a neti pot or nor nasal or oral cleanses. The, there are people that probably already know they're those people because that's the people who are familiar with the ENT doctors and had possibly been doing uh, ne neti pots and cleansing of their na nasal pharynx for some time. So for those of us out there that aren't possibly even aware of what our nasal clearance is, it becomes important for us to understand how quickly a product is effective in our nose and mouth if we know we're sick and we want to do something about it, correct? Yeah, yes. Uh, so when you when we get a viral infection or a bacterial infection, um, we, we typically uh, get a lot of damage done to the cilia. And so you will experience much slower clearance, uh, which is why you get reoccurring infections or, or malodor or whatever it would be. So yeah, I think uh, I, I would encourage everybody, you know, if they're having you know bouts of congestion or when they lay down at night and their nose gets clogged, they got to keep flipping over and turning over. You know, I would encourage them to try, you know, for a week, uh, some saline rinses um, and see how, if that improves it, you know, clean that stuff out. Because, you know, we're breathing all this stuff in, as we talked about, 70,000 uh, know, 70, liters a day of air. And you're breathing in a lot of things that are going to irritate your, your, your mucus uh, lining. 
So it just makes sense. It's like washing your hands, right? Like why don't why don't we wash our nose like we wash our hands? Be quite honestly, right. they're both they're both incredible collectors of germs. You know. And okay, so, so how do people when they when you say do saline rinses? Do you mean by simply just snorting saline, or do you mean by using a neti pot or nebulizing or all the above? All the above, whatever you know, whatever you you prefer, use it. Um, you know, neti pots are fine. Uh, I like the nebulizing piece because it's it basically gets everything in your nose. You know, do a fifteen minute treatment. Also, a good way to bring your blood pressure down and relax. Right, this nebulizing can be such a relaxing experience. So I, I prefer uh, nebulizing with you know I don't know a couple percent salt and three percent. Something like that, two three percent is 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 what I would prefer to do. And a very uninvasive way to help kids when they come home from schools after large crowds would be just a simple few minutes sitting down with just simple zero point nine percent saline nebulization. Correct? Yeah, anything and yes, absolutely fine. Point nine percent is fine. Nebulize. You're clearing all that stuff out. You know, bacteria, viruses, all these things live in sticky biofilms. These are the things that you know, stick in parts of your nose and throw it that you, you really can't get to, you can't really can't reach, right? That's these, these become the seeds of, of infection. And so using a nebulized isotonic or, or even hypertonic is a good way to clear it out. And the isotonic is 0.9% saline and the hypertonic is 3% saline, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Hypertonic is anything above 0.9. And typically, you know, seawater is about, you know, 2.6 to 3%, depending upon the part of the world you're in. And, you know, seawater concentration about, you know, 2, 3% is, is very, very good. And it's it's not irritating, it's maybe a little strong, but, you know, it's really, really good at, at, clean, at cleaning and, and killing things. Yes. If we know for sure that our kids have been exposed to something, or if we've been exposed to something, just a simple uh, nebulization with, I'm sorry, up to 3%. 3%. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's right. There, there. You know, medically, there are treatments up to seven percent that they use for, but usually for lung disease. That you know, uh, that's much, much, much different. But you know, up to three percent for the nose and throat and nebulizing is great. Okay, and the thing that we want to leave everybody with is that we know that there's kill rates with all these products. We've gone over some of that. It not knowing your your mucociliary lining is on the average, 10 to 15 minutes clearing on its own. So if you're using a product that takes too long to do a kill, it the mucociliary lining is going to rinse it away before it effectively does its job. Right. So if you that's know right. that you've got something that's significant, you've got the flu, you've got a bad case of the cold, you may think you have COVID, getting something like an iodine product in your nose and in your mouth is what's going to be the most effective because it's going to kill so fast. Is that correct? That's right. That's absolutely right. And the beauty of this is, is that you can use it prophylactically. The Immune Mist products are available at immunemist.com. You can use Nurse Michelle as a coupon code and get a discount. But you can use this prophylactically before you go to a great concert. You can do it after you get, get home from your concert in a great family gathering. Make sure grandma and all the elderly people that are vulnerable have these kind of things so they can have all the grandkids all over them and loving all over them. And we don't have to worry about whether or not they're hacking lung all over our grandparents. <laughs> and when the and when the grandkids go home, grandmother and grandfather can do another protective measure and spray in their nose again and spray in their mouth again and That's cleanse right. that area. And, and all of us just recognizing that if we know it's not allergies and we know that we're probably coming down with something because our body does tell us that there's probably a sickness about getting on it 
quickly. And how, I think it's three to four times a day you can use the immune mist iodine product. Yeah. Is that correct? Once you're sick. That's right. That's right. And, you know, uh, I, I really am a big fan of using things situationally. So if I don't have to use it, I won't. If I'm, you know, I just got back from California. So I was in an airplane for, you know, almost 10 hours between here and where I had the connections in Chicago and delayed for hours, you know, then I'll use it, right? You know, I'll use it, you know, uh, maybe two, three times that day. And maybe when I come the next day, I wake up, I'll do it again. And then I forget about it. I'm going to not going to be around too many people. You know, I'm outside most of the time. I don't even have, don't worry about it. So, you know, being aware of your situation and using it then is the smartest way to use these type of products. Well, I am so thankful for ever, all your knowledge and for sharing with us today. Thank you for coming today and sharing all that knowledge with us, Stan. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed nasal and oral sanitation 101 with Stan Leck of Immune Mist. We are blessed to have minds and knowledge like his in this generation for such a time as this. Make sure iodine, nasal, and oral cleanse are in your home arsenal because there is hope and help. Follow me on Instagram to learn the how-tos of nasal and oral sanitation. You can find the link to the Immune Miss website in my show notes. America Out Loud has two other nasal oral sanitation companies that you can gain access to in the banner bar. Look for Cofix and Clear there. As you know, we have been in a war for truth for three years. And the truth is, there has been a solution known since 2020 to help with positive outcomes. It's time to hold accountable those who suppressed this knowledge from the people and those who knew the science and chose to remain silent. This is a time for justice. Pursue justice in your community. Until next week. It's time.